Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, hey, hey guys, good evening. It's another Sunday night. I know I'm late and I'm late for good reason. You know who it is, it's Dr. Delvina. The brain specialist, I usually say a board certified psychiatrist in South Florida, but I started second guessing that today because I'm wondering, do people really know what it means when someone says that they're a board certified psychiatrist? Well, it means that they are a brain specialist. It means that they are a physician, a medical doctor, and it means that they have special training in the brain, special training, special know-how, additional knowledge um, in mental illnesses and mental health challenges and diseases of the nervous system. So that's what I mean. I'm a brain specialist. <laughs> are you guys ready to take the couch tonight? Tonight, I want to get right to it. I want to talk about self-sabotage. And the reason why I'm talking about self-sabotage tonight is because oftentimes I have patients who sabotage themselves. They, sab they sabotage their outcomes. And it's done intentionally, although they may not recognize that they are sabotaging themselves. Because while pursuing goals comes with challenges, people who self-sabotage engage in, engage in behaviors and hold beliefs that get in their own way. So let's say I, you know, I have patients, I have this student, a young man who never schedules ahead. He does not schedule his assignments. He doesn't make a schedule to study. He's in college. He does not read ahead. He does not do his homework. He doesn't study. He waits until the last minute to do assignments, although he knows what the end result will be. He recognizes, and I know he does from our discussions in session, he recognizes that when he waits to the last minute, he develops nervousness and anxiety because he gets nervous about whether or not he is able to do the work. And because he has not left himself any time to prepare or to take his time with the assignment, which creates a lot of anxiety because, see, he feels he's at a loss of control and doesn't know what he's doing. So that creates a whole anxiety, nervousness cycle that cycles into the next thing, into the next thing. And before you know it, he's having what he calls an anxiety attack or a panic attack. It's important to recognize this because he constantly does this. This is a reoccurring behavior, although we talk about it and I tell him to set goals, to schedule, be organized, he does the opposite. So whether it's unconscious or conscious, he participates in habits that make him less likely to succeed. So that's an example, self-sabotage, self-sabotage, I don't know why I'm not saying this properly, but self-sabotage can be situational. There are some students who, I just mentioned this guy with academics, there are some students I've had who are great with sports, but they self-sabotage academically. Or sometimes there's a bigger behavior such as substance use. That is also self-sabotaging because we know using substances 
can get in the way of performance. And especially if you're an athlete, I was just on the phone earlier today on a Sunday um, with a friend's daughter who is an athlete and she vapes and also smokes. She calls it quote weed, close quote. And I told her, if you're getting it from the dispensary and it's it's medicinal, you need to call it marijuana or cannabis or medicinal. Don't call it weed. For me, weed is like the street term. So we were speaking and she has been self-sabotaging by smoking a vape, which is very unhealthy for any of us. But especially if you're someone who's doing a lot of cardio, you're an athlete, you're running down the field, you're running down the court, you're doing all these things, you 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 know, you have to have your cardiovascular system, your breathing, smoking anything will interfere with that. So I'm going to label that as self-sabotage as well. So people can impose these obstacles and sometimes people will do this regularly. And these things can affect their quality of life and their self-esteem especially these students that I'm talking about. Ironically, self-sabotage is actually considered to be a self-protective behavior, and you may ask why. It's motivated by fear of failure. People who fear that they will fail, they create the setup to fail, so that way they have an excuse for failing. And oftentimes, this is associated with lack of perceived control, it might be associated with childhood trauma. It could be associated with low self-esteem. But all of these things can lead to self-sabotaging behavior. So if you see this in your child, I would consider taking them to a therapist so that they can help break down and analyze and understand why or where this is coming from. There are ways to take back control to help people to stop sabotaging so that they can increase the chances or the likelihood that they can meet their goals and therefore be happy. Because I tell you, when I have students who are failing or not doing well in school, it actually, that's a whole nother cycle because they already feel like they're not going to perform well, they're not going to pass the test or they won't pass the class, so they set themselves up for failure. But then when they fail, it's like, it just exacerbates and it adds to this low self-esteem. So you may be wondering, what is self-sabotage? Well, self-sabotage is a negative coping mechanism. You know, coping mechanisms can be healthy and then coping mechanisms can be unhealthy or negative ways to cope. So self-sabotage can prevent someone from meeting their goals. It prevents them from engaging in improvement of any sort. And they oftentimes will take risk. They're not healthy or they have these healthy, uh, unhealthy part of me behaviors they engage in. If you're prone to self-sabotage, you may engage in behaviors that enter and are, uh, pardon me, it's late and I'm tired, y'all, I'm sorry. But you may participate in behaviors that interfere with your ability to achieve your goals, even if really you want a positive outcome. Isn't that pretty uncanny? You do things to prevent yourself from meeting the goals, but you want to succeed. 
So experts believe that self-sabotage is a way, as I said, for people to protect themselves. I'm going to drink a little bit of water so I can wet my palate. They create a situation so that challenges exist, so that they reduce the likelihood or the chance of succeeding, of succeeding. And so when they fail, they protect their self-worth because they're able to give an excuse as to why they failed. So what I'm saying is that people use self-sabotage to create other challenges to avoid dealing with what is really the problem. So someone who doesn't study can blame not passing the class or not studying and not their intelligence. So for this student I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, I mentioned to him and to his mother that they should consider getting him neuropsychological testing. And you may be saying, why neuropsychological testing? Well, this is an objective way to examine our children, to see how they're functioning, to try and define what their specific challenges are, especially when it comes to learning. So children, in addition to being resilient, children can also be pretty creative. And instead of fessing up or admitting that they have a challenge with learning, they'll create an excuse for it. I remember an episode of the uh, the Cosby show when Theo was not doing well in his classes, but he did not know how to articulate to his parents that he couldn't understand the work. I believe in the storyline, Theo was dyslexic, so he could not read properly and therefore was not comprehending. His parents, who were both educated in um, in the sitcom, you know, Bill Cosby was a, a OB-GYN, an OB-GYN, a medical doctor. And Theo's mother, played by Felicia Rashad, was a lawyer. So they were both very intelligent parents, very educated, very well-to-do. So, and I mentioned well-to-do because sometimes some insurance won't cover testing or they won't cover a lot or neuro psychologists or psychiatrists who may also do the testing don't take insurance so you have to pay out of pocket but in this episode his parents knew to get him tested because they just did not accept that their son was a dummy got him tested and learned that he was dyslexic and that's what we have to do with our children if you see your child having challenges in class and they're just not getting it get them tested get them tested i know most of your children who have these challenges, they are not, I don't want to use the word, I just said dummy, but they're not slow, they're not stupid, they're not dumb. Get them tested so that way you can define what the challenges are and have them accommodated. Because certain accommodations do exist in the school system if a child has learning challenges. Another example of someone who self-sabotages is someone who knows let's give several examples they have an exam the next day they may have something big going on at work the next day 
They may have a job interview, could be any of those things. And they go out the night before, make a bad decision to go out the night before, not get enough rest, drink too much alcohol, and then they can't get up and go to work or go to the job interview or do a good job on the test. So I always tell my patients, you have to make healthy decisions if you want a healthy outcome. And healthy decisions don't just relate to the physical stuff. It's also about our mental. People who self-sabotage are oftentimes worried. They're worried about a negative outcome or failure. And they find it less painful than actually pursuing a goal and dealing with the challenges of the goal that come along the way. So this is a way of not succeeding because, you know, in success, there's a lot of responsibility. So some people may say, well, why would someone self-sabotage? Well, low self-esteem. It's a, it's a whole cycle. They don't believe they can do it. And because they want something to blame it on, to blame not being able to succeed, they want to blame it on something. They create a narrative or they, they introduce factors to ensure they won't succeed. So people who self-sabotage do it to protect their themselves, their self-worth, when they think they may fail. So someone who has self-worth, who's confident, who knows they are good regardless of what happens and also sees failure as a learning opportunity, these are not the type of people who self-sabotage. So there's quite a few things that can motivate someone to have self-sabotaging behavior. When we feel we're not in control of a situation, we feel that we have little control of the outcome, sometimes people will self-sabotage to reduce the feelings of uncertainty. So they want to introduce some negative element to ensure it doesn't work out. So that way it doesn't work out <laughs> because they want to know something and what's what's and you may be saying well why not introduce positive factors to ensure that they make it to ensure that they'll be successful well because they have low self-esteem in most situations so they don't feel they can do anything to ensure their success and oftentimes we see this in people who are in abusive relationships or situations um, there. They work in toxic environments. Another thing that's associated with self-sabotage, and this is a huge one, childhood trauma. Childhood trauma is tied to so many mental health illnesses or mental illnesses, mental health disorders, mental challenges, where people are self-destructive. We see things like borderline personality disorder and dissociative disorders. So childhood trauma can affect your self-esteem. And it leads to the development of self-destructive behaviors like self-harm, suicidal thinking, substance abuse. And I said it, and I'll say it again, low self-esteem is probably the number one reason why people self-sabotage. Low self-esteem. If you struggle with low self-esteem, it is very difficult for you to set goals and to pursue them. Doing certain things 
that safeguards you from failure is your comfort zone. Low self-esteem makes people believe they don't deserve to be successful. They have a lot of self-doubt and self-criticism, so they don't pursue their goals. And low self-esteem in a young adult or a teenager is created during childhood. These are children who grow up, they're not given any responsibility so that when they do succeed, their parents can pat them on the back and say, you did a great job. Damn, you handled that. They're not getting applauded. They're not being told they're awesome, that they're beautiful, that they're smart, that they're intelligent. They may not receive love from both parents. And if it's lacking from one parent, maybe the other parent is, is, has not, did not do enough to fill it in, or there's not another person in the family to substitute for the person who's missing. So low self-esteem is created during childhood. It's created during childhood. So people with low self-esteem believe that they don't deserve to, to be happy. And it takes a lot of intensive psychotherapy to undo that. Another cause of self-sabotaging are people who are performance-oriented. They're performance-oriented. We call it performance-oriented personalities. People who are performance-oriented are more likely to engage in self-sabotage. People who are task-oriented are motivated by the task itself. So you write because you enjoy writing. You read because you enjoy reading. You, I podcast because I enjoy talking and sharing my voice with people. People who are task-oriented are happy because we're motivated by the task, but people who are performance-oriented are more concerned about the outcome. Boom! That is a big one. This is a big one. Performance-oriented personalities. You want everything to be dope. You want everything to to be rated as an A plus. Everything has to be an A plus. Qualities of performance oriented persons include they're very competitive. They try to avoid poor performance and they're concerned about how others view them. Y'all know I could care less about how, <laughs> I'm just kidding, but not. Um, you know, I just like to keep it real. But so it's better to be task oriented and not performance oriented. You'll drive yourself crazy trying to be performance oriented. You know, here's a great example. Social media, Instagram, post. If you're always concerned about how many likes or comments you'll get or views, you will never, ever develop the confidence to just post what you want and not care about how many people like it or comment on it. And I just trust me on this. People will see what you post. And I believe in life was meant to be is going to be. And also whoever is meant to see it will see it. And at some point in time, who's to say people won't come back and see it. I still have reels or videos on my, on my Instagram page that are old and people will like it or come back and view it. And I know because the views go up. You know, when you're intentional about what you're doing, you pay attention to certain things. So along with performance-oriented 
These people who try to avoid poor performance, another factor in self-sabotage is perfectionism. It too is associated with self-sabotage. If you are a perfectionist, someone who refuses, refuses to accept anything less than perfect, you may often fear making mistakes or believe that if you can't do something perfectly, you won't do it at all. Boom. This is that all or nothing thinking, that black or white thinking. So this can lead to procrastination because you feel you can't be perfect. You don't understand that you have to do these things so you can develop the skills and get better. And perfectionism is not what you should be seeking, but an understanding of what you should be doing is what you should be seeking. Right? Does that make sense? You should not be seeking to be a perfectionist. That's not what you want. People understand this. You get better with time and you get better because you learn the skills. You get better because you're working on something specific, whatever that may be. That's how you get better. You don't get better because you want to try and be a perfectionist and do everything perfectly from right out the gate. That's not going to work. All right. So we talked about different causes of perfectionism. I'm sorry, of self-sabotage. We talked about low self-esteem. That's a big one. People who are performance oriented, people who lack control or have a perceived lack of control, perfectionism and, and childhood trauma. Those are the big ones. So signs of self of uh, signs of self sabotage. I mentioned some of them: drug use, substance use, overusing uh, alcohol, someone who makes excuses all the time, someone who refuses to ask for help. You know, the student I was talking about in the beginning, he's never once said he went to his professor or to his teacher for guidance. I mentioned to him in the past to go see his counselor, to go and see his counselor and ask about his classes, ask about making a schedule that he can handle. But before that, he wasn't doing that. Other signs of self-sabotage include not getting your sleeping schedule together. You people with these awful sleep hygiene regimens, that's self-sabotage. Because if you sleep too much or you don't sleep enough, you're not going to function function well. So people who don't work on their sleep hygiene, to me, that's self-sabotage. Seeking approval from other people instead of having the confidence in yourself. Resisting change by staying in your comfort zone. See, when you stay in your comfort zone, you don't learn new things. You got to learn new things. Comparing yourself to other people, that's a sign of self-sabotage. Not practicing self-care is a huge sign of self-sabotage. And, you know, self-sabotage shows up differently for a lot of people. Some things are straight up, straightforward, while, other, while others are more complicated. Jesus, I got to drink something. So I haven't, I haven't said them all, but I do want to add this one. Not practicing or not doing what it takes to develop a skill is self-sabotage. 
So, and then on top of that, you're that person that doesn't want to develop the skills, but you set on reasonable goals for yourself. Like, oh, I'm going to do this. I want to do that. Okay. But you haven't developed your skills to do that. So that too is self-sabotage. Now, the last part of this is how to stop self-sabotage, how to stop self-sabotaging. So guys, I want to give you some solutions or possible ways to work on self-sabotaging. If you're someone who self-sabotage, I'm, you know, you listen to me these first 20 or so minutes and you're saying to yourself, oh my gosh, this is me. I do this. I want to help you align with your goals. You might need to seek professional help to help you break the cycle, but I'll help you get started. It's difficult to break some of these behaviors. It's probably difficult to understand your motivations, but you got to keep your mind. You got to be open. So stay open as I go through some of these recommendations to help you stop self-sabotaging. So we need to look, like with anything, we need to look at underlying causes underlying causes we got to examine that we got to think about our childhood because most things that affect us as an adult or most things that we're doing or not doing as adults it stems from our childhood so it might be low self-esteem from your early childhood years it might be fear of being judged by others or perfectionism but you got to understand why so i want you to ask yourself why why, why, por qué in Spanish, por qué, why do I do this? And if you have to write it down, write down why you think you do what you do. Once you write it down and you think you have an understanding of where it comes from, the next thing is to actually write down and set your goals that line up with your values. So. Don't, don't target like an outcome. Focus on your actual goals and the life you want to live. Don't think about everything else. Focus on your goals and the life that you want to create for yourself. And whatever you do, you have to overcome procrastination. You know, it's just one of these things that we have to do. It's about discipline 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 and i tell people that life is about discipline like we get up and go to work because we're disciplined to do it but oftentimes the motivating factor is if i don't freaking work i can't pay my bills that's a motivating factor for most of us or for some of us the motivating factor is if i don't work i can't send my grandkids to college or i can't i can't add to this nest that I'm creating for my retirement, or I can't go on that trip. So the same way you find motivators to get your ass out of bed to go to work every day, you got to find motivators to help you undo procrastination. And I tell people, take small bites, 
you know, chew off little tiny pieces at a time. So setting smaller goals, using timers, keeping a calendar, writing things down, keeping things in order. And some people will say, reward yourself. That's Those are ways to overcome procrastination. The other part of stopping self-sabotage is to think about your beliefs about failure and success. So self-sabotage comes from a fear of failure and it's connected to this belief that we don't deserve to succeed. Where does that come from? Where does not deserving you or thinking that you don't deserve to succeed come from? It comes from childhood. So when it comes to trying new or challenging things, learn to sit with uncertainty instead of trying to control the outcome. Be comfortable with the, the not knowing. We all have to be comfortable with that. We have to be comfortable with not knowing. So that will help. Challenging our beliefs about failure and success will help. Practicing self-compassion. You can't be too critical of yourself. Being too critical will hinder your ability to try new things and reach goals. So people will say, I'm too dumb to do this, or I'm too stupid, or I don't have this or that to do this. Just try it. Talk yourself through. On the contrary, say to yourself, I can do this. Shoot, I did such and such. I have the experience. I can take a class to make me more informed. Or we can all try something one time. And then once we tried the one time, we see what it's like. We can go back to it again. So, you know, talk yourself through. Be positive. Tell yourself some positive things. The student I spoke about in the beginning, I told him to start doing affirmations, to write down affirmations, to have one. This is what I teach everyone. Create one affirmation and stick to that one affirmation in the beginning. And then you add another one. Then you add another. So maybe the affirmation is there's one in the morning, there's one in the middle of the day, and there's one at night before you go to bed. So affirmations, positive self-talk as well. These are just a start to get you started in breaking this cycle of self-sabotage. If we make healthy decisions, that'll take us a long way. Healthy decisions starts with the basic basics like healthy diet or intake, regular exercise and activity, not overusing alcohol, don't smoke cigarettes or vape tobacco, not using street, quote, weed, close quote. If you listen to the beginning, you understand why I'm saying weed. And see a doctor if you feel you should be using medicinal cannabis. See someone, see a clinician, see a physician, a medical doctor, and talk to them about what you're noticing. And they can advise you if, based on your history, you're a good candidate for medicinal cannabis. Please, please, please make healthy decisions. If we keep that as a basis of everything that we do at the root, healthy decision-making, life would be good. Life would be good. It's the end of an episode 
Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need, it's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs. Know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations. Limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership. Own your mistakes, learn from them, and move on. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love. Thank you.